At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The TakeCast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter, at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the show, I am rejoined by my friend, Brian Hooper. It's been a couple of months since he has been on the program, so just wanted to pick his brain on all things for people who are way too logged into the internet, including uh, an idea that I had about inflation and how it has impacted all of our lives in a way that I think most people would not expect course, we covered some Bitcoin, some Sims, some DFS, some Showdown, all the good stuff that you normally find when I chat with Brian. Always enjoy picking his brain about the uh, the latest happening, so I hope that you guys enjoy the conversation. As always, if you want to support the show, you can subscribe to the Patreon where you can get bonus episodes of this show, patreon.com slash takeass. There is a link to that in the description of this show. You can leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can just tell a friend about the show. Now let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome into another episode of the TakeCast. I'm joined by my friend, Brian. have a couple things I want to pick his brains on. Obviously, I mean, you know, you got to just be batting off media requests left and right now that everyone just wants to talk about Sims. You're like, bro, this is this is old hat for me, brother. I've been I've been in the streets with the Sims for since you kids were, uh, you know, when you just learned about the solve function in Excel. Yeah, I mean, they've slowed down. I think we oversaturated the content sim the sim content market uh pretty heavily the last month or two, right? I mean, yeah. You you, you I mean, you know. But like um I don't know. I'm also I'm kind of sick of talking about it. Like you know, I'm not sick of talking about it. I'm sick of um like mis- people misunderstanding it and talking past each other and stuff like that and it's like, I don't care. I don't want to have some of these arguments. You know, I'm just not interested in persuading people. Um, if they don't like it, they don't like it. I don't care. And that's a good thing because that means a lot of people won't be using them. Um, I mean, what is even, what, what, is there even an argument against using them? This wasn't even what I wanted to talk about. I, I, I am also, I've also had my fill of the sim conversation, but I don't even know what the argument would be against using them. Okay, we'll just do that argument, and then we could move past. Yeah, it's. Okay. I think the argument is that their fields are wrong. Th- therefore, the simulation in comparison to those fields will be wrong. Oh, Basically. oh well, I, I'm like a little sympathetic to that from like a very, very high level, but I don't, I don't think it impacts the EV of the lineups that the Sims are spitting out. Probably. Um, it probably does. To but is it is it. Is it, but it's all this stuff is uh, comparisons, right? And like, is it worse than doing what you normally would do? Is it better than what you would normally be doing? So I think, and can 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 they or you, if you're doing sims yourself, can you improve that process? Right. You know, are there solutions to these things? And yes, of course there's. I mean, it's all coding. You could code it however you want, do whatever you want. So like anything you could think of, you can add into it. So um, 
I just think it's 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 ridiculous. It, it is a little um, illuminating, if this is right the word to me, how many of these guys actually are doing like twenty sixteen their twenty sixteen process and still winning. Well, uh, because at the end of the day, you do have to pick the right plays, and if you are yeah. are if you are picking the right plays more often, it doesn't really matter how you get there. But if you are putting a lot of shots on goal and whatever it is, your process, whether it be Sims 2016, optimizing phone shitter, bro, you know, brain playing, it, it does not matter if you are consistently overweight in your lineups on the good plays. For sure. Projections matter the most. You're you're, if you could do better than everyone else, you're going to make money. Sims be damned is 100% true. I just do not think 99.9% of people are capable of doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Anyways, doesn't, th- who cares, right? No one, who no cares? one wants to, no one wants to listen to me talk about Sims because I don't really know what I'm doing with them yet. And uh, people, if they want to listen to you talk about Sims, they can go listen to Wolves. I had an interesting observation when I, I was like, okay, we're going to talk to Brian. What are we going to talk about? What's our jumping off point going to be? I had this revelation today. Inflation has actually given me most of the things that I enjoy most in my life. The 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 impacts of inflation on society, gambling, mm-hmm. poker, fantasy sports, none of this in a society without inflation, you don't need to play the FFPC main event. There's just simply no need if you're the money that you earn, if you can count on that money, what why do I need to give a shit about the status of Jerome Ford's high ankle sprain. It just, it just does not matter. It is immaterial to me. I could be, uh, you know, I like the Romans famously were, uh, you know, they loved the games, right? But the games weren't for the rich people. The games were for the poor people who were getting robbed blind every single day. You know what I'm saying? So I, I had that revelation. I thought you'd find that interesting. Okay, sure. Yeah. So you're saying that the time preference of the average person changes because they need to spend the money now before it's worthless because of inflation in 20 and years. You need, and you need to find ways other than just your job to get money. Because if you just rely on your working wage and you are, I don't know, let's say, let's not even say 99%, let's say 80% of people work in, live in such conditions that the money that they earn from their job is just simply not going to be enough to retire and live comfortably. Yeah, I, I think that's all, that's all true. It's an interesting observation. I kind of hesitate to like want to support it and like repeat it elsewhere because it kind of goes against like the message I always preach, which is gambling's entertainment and entertainment entertainment because well, gambling I'm... gambling is entertainment, and I think gambling would obviously still exist in a perfectly just society because people like to gamble. People like for whatever reason we like random chance my guess is is if that um you know that that uh that famous gorilla coco the gorilla the one that learned like an insane amount of language and like drank martinis and smoked cigarettes my guess would be had they taught that gorilla the rules of of you know texas hold'em or whatever she would have been like when are we fucking playing hold'em like i'm in like let's do it like she would have been down she would have loved or 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 like we'll flip this coin. And when it lands on your side, you get two bananas. When it lands on the other right. side, you give me two bananas. It would have to be something with value to her. Uh, yes, for sure. Um, I mean, uh, but like, you know, arts is the entertainment too, right? Uh, you know, so like, 
aristocrats throughout the ages would go to plays and stuff. So, so entertainment isn't just something a, a smart monkey would like, right? Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. Sure. If, I mean, and like, well, I was watching some, I was watching Dungeons and Dragons, the new movie that came out. Yeah. It's on Prime, I think. And it actually wasn't that bad. It was kind of, it was, it was more like um, a Guardians of the Galaxy, kind of like jokey. Uh, anyways, um, and like the, the, the trope in that at the end was the rich guys were gambling, uh, you know, absurd amounts of money. Like they were playing like a card game. They were betting on people dying, gladiator type of stuff. Sure. Uh, so like it's, it's been going around for just not, you know, for all types of different different people i mean and, and the reason i i say it, i like gambling as entertainment is because just the stigma is still so strong and you know regulation is just you know uh, a, a a drop of a few lobbying bucks away from from screwing us even more you know uh and and that's what they will use they will use gambling's bad so we the good guy regulators need to put our finger on prize picks, pickums, whatever, and and save you from your own damnation because gambling's so evil. When gambling's just another form of entertainment, you know. Po- I you know, I've said this a billion times, but DFS is just like going to a a movie and like 25% of the people actually win more than they paid for the ticket and you get to watch the movie. You know, like um you know, yeah, I think you, I think that is leaning a little bit on the idea that a lot of people are still like watching all these games. Um, I think a lot of DFS people don't even watch all the all the games, though. You know, well, I mean that that would be uh, just like another. I mean, it still applies because like you could like say, yeah, the game is you know uh, uh, what the hell is it uh, like uh, Hello Kitty or something, and I'm like, you know what, I'm not even gonna watch. But, you know, I still want to gamble, you know, here, put my 15 bucks in for the ticket and let me know how the raffle goes. Right. It, so or or you could go to Dungeons and Dragons and something me and you would both probably like. And then it turns out it sucks. Right. Oh, don't, and you don't, don't put me in with you. I'm not a I'm not a nerd like you. I mean, oh, come on. You I'm, I'm not. A nerd, dude. Yeah, I'm cool, <laughs> man. I, I like do cool shit. I don't play Dungeons and Dragons. Liar. Um, the point being, you might you might not like it. Uh, you know, it might be it might be worse than not than going, you know, than not going. It, it might be like less enjoyable. You're, you're under no there's no guarantees that the movie's going to be good or the entertainment will be good. And so like. You know, but but that's not they just portray gambling as, uh, you know, just the suckers game attacks on stupid people, et cetera, et cetera. Um, like even lottery games, you can win in some some circumstances. Um, well, someone could... someone wins them quite a bit of the time, but the the house always wins in the lot or, or the lottery is not a the lottery is not a beatable game you know like there's no, not it, a strategy it, it is. there it is in certain yeah the scratch off tickets sometimes can be because um you know it depends on the rules of your state but like well, we're, we're deep in gambling theory here we're on scratcher theory here <laughs> what i mean what do you what do you expect <laughs> what do you expect with this what's crap? the what's the gto scratching theory so like in illinois they they're required by law to list the prizes that have been won. So you can go onto the 
you know, Illinois gambling website, I can't remember what it is. Uh, it's probably the gambling board or something or Illinois lottery.com or something like that. And you could see which tickets, the big prizes have been won. And then you could do the math and then just see the ones that have sold them X amount of tickets, but none of the big prizes disproportionately large prizes have been won. And then technically it's a plus EV bet, or you could go and spend 130 grand and just, just break it in. If you could figure out how to get all the tickets, you know, going to a whole bunch of different, locations and you hope you get lucky and win it early. Um, but I did, I did the math with, with another gambler last year about this. Um, and there was one in Illinois that we could have invested, but it was like 200 grand. And then you got to, you got to put in legwork, like it's hours and hours, but in, in just, you know, the, uh, the, the, the Powerball is occasionally plus EV when it, when it's in the billions and billions, it's just, no one has a bankroll large enough to actually, attack it not even elon you know so um there are s- spots i'm not saying go play the lottery you know of course it's oh generally i bad. mean yeah but you but but the but like you have to though like when the when the when the lottery gets to a certain i i've i've realized this in my life that um even people who don't really like gambling when the lottery gets to a certain prize pool they're like oh we gotta go get some tickets you know right yeah you're like an emperor if you if you get lucky <laughs> it's like you know i mean it's amazing you know it's kind of about modern modern times you could become richer than any king that ever lived just by buying a little like five dollar whatever it is now powerball ticket yeah i mean which i guess i but again that goes back to my point i wonder i wonder in a society uh obviously the the way i think of it is like okay society that functions on bitcoin i mean I don't know if lotteries would exist if, if Bitcoin was the currency that people were using. I, I don't know if people would be, because I guess to get to that point, where's the prize pool come from? You know, no one no one wants to give it up. What about what about this thought in relation to your inflation thought with Bitcoin? Yeah, sure, people might be spending money on Bitcoin, raising the price because of inflation. We know that's true, but also like our Bitcoin from 2020. Uh, forget the highs and lows has way less purchasing power now because of inflation. Let's say that again. Uh, you're gonna have to run that by me again. Like if you have 30 grand in Bitcoin. Yeah. Right now in your pocket, you know, it's what you could have bought a lot more for that 30 grand in 2019. Yeah. But that's just, uh, that is, that's fiat bro thinking that you're. And, and, and this is, this is no indictment of Bitcoin. I'm saying, I'm saying, that inflation just sucks. Uh, everything's more expensive. Well, what I'm saying is that you are you are you fallen victim to fiat brain because one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin, one Satoshi is one Satoshi. The purchasing power. If doesn't... you wanted to spend it, no if one you... who wants to spend it. I mean, this is this is the very valid That's criticism of Bitcoin that that the anti-Bitcoin bros make, which is that uh, any any claims to have a functioning economy uh using it as a currency like all of that has failed because people just worship at the altar of satoshi and no one no one wants to spend it i don't want to spend it you don't know we've it. we've had this conversation before there's a number where you sell sure yes of course of so course let's is. say you hit that number tomorrow magically you still inflation still screwed you because like half of that you could have bought you know double the the products that you would end up buying yeah, I mean, I that is uh, okay. So I guess I guess that is I guess that's not wrong. Um, 
you know, in that, in that scenario and that thought experiment though, I'm, I'm not feeling too bummed out about it though, you know, because I'm still rich. I mean, the reason I, cause I just thought of that the other, the other day, my brother's like, man, if, if Bitcoin just goes to this number, then I can retire. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it sucks it's because of inflation. You could have retired actually earlier, but you now you retired a long time ago. Yeah. No, yeah. now you're gonna have to wait till Bitcoin gets up to, you know, 200 K or whatever. Yeah. My, my, the, the reason why I was thinking that though, is that I was like, okay, let's, you know, cause I, and we've had this conversation before too. I think like, let's fully game it out. Like, I don't really know if I want to live cause I've really been thinking this a lot recently. Because the the U.S. dollar just like could not be in a worse spot, right? We are in so much debt, you know. Like the only thing keeping us tethered to the reality of our our money being worthless is really it's nukes, right? I mean, at the end of the day, it's like it's 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 nuclear weapons and it's how powerful we are militarily as a country. And and my big thing is, you know, being anti-war. And I think a lot of very well-meaning people say like you know the our defense budget they they very rightfully point out our defense budget is insane there's no reason for this we could eliminate homelessness all all this stuff of which you would disagree with and i i don't disagree with that i'm you know if we if we dedicated 50 billion dollars efficiently to uh, eliminating homelessness i think we could make a real dent in that and you would say oh well that's a fancy you know it's impossible because we could never do it efficiently right but i don't think people have gamed it out to the next step which is if we did stop doing the defense spending, if we did let China, Germany, India, whoever, right, overtake us in military might, we would be looking at living in a third world country finance-wise. Without the war machine? Or without... Well, someone's going to start calling in the debt. Right? You're gonna, you're, or, or just not take U.S. dollars anymore. Just say, your dollar is worthless to me. I don't want it. And I don't think people have gamed that out. Uh, yeah, I think I, but I think we own a lot of the debt, like the. Well, fake, don't you don't you the, listen? Don't you listen to the Keynesians? Debt's just money you owe yourself, right? I mean, it's but still, like I think the foreign debt of that thirty-four trillion. I think I can't even remember. I haven't looked at this stuff in so long, and it goes up so quickly. Yeah. Um, but I think I think only like like I don't know ten percent of that's foreign debt. Um, but I could be wrong. Um, so I'm not sure a lot of the people who own that debt have the power, would that like realistically ever have the power to do something like that? It's the whole thing's insane though. It's, it's absolutely, I, I, I can't believe we've, I mean, we've, we've, we've probably said this too, but like with all these wars and the spending and like the proposed spending that, you know, liberals don't, don't get pissed off and be like, you said we couldn't have healthcare. Like this is more than healthcare yeah. would have cost. This is more than universal basic income would have cost. Like you're just lying. You're just fucking lying. When you need to print seven trillion dollars, you print it. Yes. So it was, it was all lies. It was. All, I mean, it, yes, it's it's always been it's always been it's always been a lie because we could have healthcare. We could have healthcare. Yeah, we could have. We could have. Um, privatized anything we wanted we could have we could have uh 15 minute cities right i mean that's that's such a dream we could have the the uh a railway system like they have in europe where if i wanted to go to kansas city i could get on a high-speed rail and be there in i mean there's been a lot of disastrous high-speed rail attempts in in chicago and elsewhere in the in the world but uh, are you uh are you a a high-speed rail truther (laughs) <laughs> no, it's just fame. Like Daly famously dug a hole, like five hundred million dollar hole, and they had to fill it. And it, damn, 
and, and and it's like that's like literally one of Milton Friedman's jokes is like that's like what a government job is is like digging a hole and then filling it back up and you pay the guy and you consider that productivity like we don't disagree that like things can't be great things can't be accomplished we just disagree that through a centralized way the consequences incentives aren't aligned for productivity and like the only consequence really that they these employees would have sometimes they get fired but not really often is if they succeeded at their job and ended homeless they would lose their job the whole thing would be gone Right. So like their ultimate goal gets them fired. They 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 can't make any money. I mean, um, I, what do you, what do you, uh, there's a bunch of uh, thoughts I have here. One like about pay for the president. And the other one, though, before I forget, is did you see that fake Zelensky guy call the central bank lady, the euro bank lady? What is her name? Lagarde or whatever. Did you hear they prank called with Zelensky's voice, right? And they, it was pretty good. It was pretty convincing. And so she thought she was on a private call with the president of Ukraine, right? Of the Ukraine, sure. It, and uh, they asked her about Bitcoin and the central currency. And this is like a year ago that she leaks that they're going to do this central, like the digital euro. Sure. And, and she goes, and we're going to pass it October 24th, 2023. And da- God damn it, she got it past October 19th, uh, what is it, six days ago. So they have a central Euro uh, digital coin now. And it just made me think, like, w- the, the conversation we just had last, like, you know, two minutes, that like they'll get caught, made a fool, right? And they do it anyways. And they do it, yeah, it doesn't they matter. They don't fucking care. Yeah. It does not matter. And all these principles of like free speech and all this stuff they use them for their benefit and wipe them away and what you know hand wave them away when it hurts them over and over and over and like the difference between like me and you and them is a world difference even though you probably think you know like no brian doesn't think that we should have universal health care you know, it's like, yeah, but the difference isn't that the difference. I just, I realistically, like, I, I know I fucking work there. It would not go well, <laughs> but like, besides even my experience, like I but logically, it goes, it goes decently well in other countries. Right. I mean, everyone has their issues with it. It's still a, it's still a human run system that has mistakes, but it, it, it more or less functions. Right. And like, and they function for like a variety of different reasons. And I don't know if they're going to function forever too. Like France is supposed to be really good. But it's like enormous, the cost. And like, I guess they're having some serious. And as you, you could see with the yellow vest protests and stuff, they're having serious problems in France. And part of that is the cost of things to pay for this health care. Um, but like, they're also smaller and a homogenous nation with a lot of like in England, it's like a very like nationalist thing to do to work for the uh, health care system there. Like, we don't have that here. You know, what I mean, like, I, I, there's just so many th- things besides the basic liberty, you know, libertarian economic fact, you know, theory of consequences incentives being misaligned, and like to that point now with my, to bring it back to what I was going to say about the president. What do you think about this idea? We give whoever the president is, instead of 450k, wherever their salary is, um, you give them uh, a cap an absurdly high cap that they can achieve if they get X, Y, or Z goals. Yeah. Performance, performance-based performance-based incentives. So like 
so like for you it would be completely different than me right but like 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 you know i would want like you bring that like like think about it. let's say you bring the debt from 33 34 trillion to, to 12 trillion or something isn't sure. that worth giving the guy 20 million dollars like we, oh, he just saved us yeah. 30 trillion that is uh so that is the type of thing that would never fly in america right no, i mean just people never are fucking idiots like you don't want you don't want to rely on someone's benevolence you want you want doesn't doesn't uh, both of our preferred forms of governments kind of rely on benevolence though because haven't we, we we both just sort of um thrown our hands up and said you know people are just so bad at governing we we gotta we gotta just log out and wait for a king right like a, a king who shares my preferences <laughs> right that's what I want I mean and then I would consider that that benevolent because they're my preferences so there's really no different but like but seriously like if you go to a a, a, a Chinese food restaurant or something like they want money from you and they want you to come back and they want you to tell their friends. Like there's, there's, they, they have reason to give you good service. Um, and you could write a bad review, you know, all these type of things. There's hundreds, hundreds of, like if you pay the most quote unquote, you know, powerful man on the planet, $400,000, like no, no, like no person who is in demand is going to take that job. Why would a serious, you know, a serious, smart, you know, person who who can easily make a couple million dollars working somewhere take that job? Well, there is uh there, I mean, there's a lot of other financial benefits that come from public office, though, right? That's the answer. Well, and 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 a lot of these incentives, and uh, like I've said, are perverse, right? Like you can the incentives then are to work with these companies. And then get paid later in speaking fees and appointments to Halliburton's board, like Nikki Haley, et cetera, you know, um, uh, you know, so like uh, the incentives are all backwards when you could just pay this fucking guy a hundred million dollars, $200 million. I'm not saying you give him the full 200 million if he wins a popularity contest and gets elected. I'm saying, you know, you have, you know, whatever the things in your head are, of course, because this is all never going to happen anyways. And it's all, but like whatever the top 10 things you are, like some sort of tiered. And if he hits these goals, this guy can make $200 million. Why not? Fuck it. They're, they're, they're printing, they printed $7 trillion and they keep pumping out $100 million in aid for wars every two months. We can't fucking get someone in there who would be incentivized, you know, with a, with a, you know, a, a salary that makes more than Giannis. That is uh that is a good point. I wanted to ask you about the uh the the DraftKings versus prize picks underdog lobbying war. How do you see that playing out? And I, honestly, I am surprised, uh, even with the the public challenge from underdog really about the lobbying stuff. I, I'm surprised that it's even something that DraftKings and FanDuel want lawmakers looking at. Like that was the, they, it was sort of like the, I think DraftKings and FanDuel were pretty comfortable with the don't ask, don't tell about their operations, right? I I was, I I think it is, if I was running either of these multi-billion dollar companies, yeah. I wouldn't want them to be like, okay, I need the lawmakers to really create a clear definition <laughs> of what gambling is and what fantasy sports is. And if those things are legal and if they're not legal like that, that was surprising to me. I didn't think, I haven't thought of it that way. I, Cause I think, 
I would do it. And we're talking about like, if we were, you know, evil heads of these corporations, how would I sure. behave? Not what I would do, but like, yeah, if I was running DraftKings, I would act like almost like identical to Jason Robbins. I know that sounds crazy, but like from my experience working there, like he did a really good job. I was in like at least one meeting with some elected officials back, back in the day when he was lobbying to get legalized here in Illinois. And, and, and I think he played it pretty good for having like no experience. Like you really, you really needed to pony up. That's how the game is played. And you hire the best lobbyists in every state and start building relationships and then one of their compromise here in Illinois was they had to buy casinos to get a license. So they had to buy land-based casinos, but it's not that bad because once you buy that land-based casino, now you have a bit, a big, huge business. That's a big tax uh, uh, maker for the state and also senators and representatives in that area that it gets a lot of jobs for those residents and they will have your back. So like it, it, it's like doubly helps you, even though you have to pay a lot of money up front. Apparently they had it. So like they played all that really well. His social media is the opposite of what I would do me personally. But if I was like running a fortune 500 company, I'd have that Ukraine flag up there. I would be like any talking point uh, that is popular uh, by the establishment, I would be repeating and you just let them know you're on board and he does that perfectly. And then you say, we want competition. We want all these companies, even though, even though he just tried to merge and buy FanDuel. So clearly he doesn't want competition. Right. You still, you still say, I want competition. This is my, this is it's I want the free market. Uh, you know, right. I don't want any, you know, I want the free market and competition. That's good for everyone. Everyone wins Davis. And then you go and you tell your lobbyists, we are, we want to fuck these guys over as hard as possible. What can we do? What would you do if you were underdog and prize picks? What would you do? Because they're they're so far behind the eight ball yeah. with the lobbying stuff. Although I think Jeremy is is obviously probably pretty smart and like knows the, his way around those waters. Um, yeah. But it it, it does seems feel like playing it right. yeah. It just I to me it feels like classic. I mean this is classic uh, American business stuff where the the large corporations lean on the government to crush the smaller corporations. That's exact exactly what's going on. Exactly what's going on. And and ga- and gambling is way worse than 90% of the other industries. You know, like the wor- the the worst are like insurance, insurance companies. Like that's why the healthcare sucks so bad is because of the insurance com- companies, right? And um um, and and not just the insurance company, their merger with the state, right? If they were f- forced to their own devices and didn't have all these protections, they would start having providing lower costs and 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 uh, you know all sorts of other you know, things that would benefit us. But that's not why the government's there. The government is there to protect them. That's another that's another thing. You know, the difference between me and you is like I want good things to happen to good people too. But it's just like you you put you put you even if you get your bill, like the Davis Matic bill, 2023 introduced, you go home, you go back to work. They're there forever. Then they're going to massage it. They're going to amend it. They're going to change it in five years. It'll be working the exact opposite, how you wanted it. And it just happens over and over again. And so like this battle between underdog and them is, is, is really interesting. I think they, I think their, their best ball product 
is like they're safe there because DraftKings wants to have basketball too. So like, what can they do? Like, there's not a whole ton they can do. There. And that's pretty well defined. Like fantasy sports yeah. contests are pretty well regulated. Their prize picks product, I think, is definitely in jeopardy, obviously. So we can see some states have already banned it. But just of like the majority of states getting rid of it is definitely a possibility. And the way to stop it is lobbying. They got to hire lobbyists in all these states. They got to pay through the roof. You got to start donating to the right uh, PACs and uh, party leaders and leadership groups. Uh, depending on the state, like in Illinois, it would be a bunch of Democrat stuff. Um, you want to get the press on your side. Good luck. It's probably not going to happen, but um, you know, like if the tribune and the sun times or whatever uh, is saying that this is a great injustice that actually does help. And then, and then maybe last ditch effort is litigious. Like you, you sue. Um, sue, it, but, un- sue DraftKings sue the state so you can to say that it's to say that it's legal that it's legal yeah you play like because that's was DraftKings' last resort too if they didn't get regulated and they started banning them in all the major uh states they were gonna they're gonna they're gonna sue and say it's it's not gambling and then you know but like who knows if they probably would end up losing that um but, I mean, yeah. I, the, the analogy that I can just think of is, is obviously poker stuff. And that was like, they were just never going to win once, once the powers that be decided, like it, it was over. That just was what it was going to be. Yeah, We still don't have legal poker in Illinois. I mean, it's, it's, and it's because of these guys. We don't have, very... we don't have legal poker hardly anywhere. Yeah. Like four States or five States or something like that. Yeah, which is, uh, I, I played, uh, I played live poker this last weekend for the first time in a long time. Man, it felt good. It felt really, really good. You liked it? Oh yeah. I um, love, well, I was playing, I was playing one, three, no limit at a casino in Oklahoma. Like, and ever was just terrible. Like just shipping just it knit, off. Knitting it up. I mean, I just shipped it when I had it every time and I got yeah. called. Like I, I made, I maybe made like two plays that were above like level one thinking because yeah. I'm not, I'm not very good anymore. Like, not that I was ever that good. There was a time where I was like, uh, you know, I read, read all Ed Miller's books and um, the Brokos books, the the thinking, the thinking poker books, and like trying to trying to improve, but uh, without really an ability to play online, I was just like, what's the what's the point? Hmm. I would be firing. I couldn't help myself. Just firing, playing every pot. <laughs> No, because once you once you realize that everyone else is bad, it's like, well, what what, what I'm just gonna fire and just give money to these donkeys? Yeah, I'll, I'll play them on the turn and I'll finish them off on the river. Come on, I got it. We'll be fine. Did you? I were you? Did you ever play professionally? Yeah, I, I played for eight years. I don't think I even knew that. Mm-hmm. That was before. That was when you were really. You know, there. That's funny in poker. There's a lot of really well-meaning libs, you know, but then there's also a lot of uh, hardcore right-wing people. It just, it sort of it so only attracts people on the very. I've noticed a lot of the winning players are the hardcore libs, and a lot of the big-time donators are the uh, the 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 right-wing spew pieces. Maybe who uh, you, uh, are you going to name names? Uh... No, of course not. So I don't think some some of them Who's might right-wing. Manasau's right-wing. Mattis, I was right wing. And I just, I, people hate um, Justin Bonomo, who is 
a super lib, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah pe- and people hate him. And he's like maybe one of the five greatest players ever, probably one of the he five also, greatest players he also ever. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. I God, I don't know. Is it is this going on the main feed? I'm gonna cue someone. This is cue. this is this is going on the main feed. I I I mean it feels like there is a new cheating accusation in poker like once every three weeks, and it's always it's never uh oh there was a super user on you be bet you know it was ne- it's ne- it's like it's basically falls under the auspices of this really good player played on a fish's account is is always what it ends up being it's like it, okay because l- listen i stopped playing and black friday 2011 i'm trying to find it i thought he multi-accounted into gpp so like there was this old glitch uh which i didn't know about till this cheating came up where you could like quickly click the enter or like right click open right click open something like that and it would let you at multiple enter on multiple tables into a single entry GPP. So like the Sunday, you know, the big Sunday one, it was, I don't sure. know how it is these days, but Sunday was always the big day. I, I think, I think that's still the case. And so he would like just, you know, enter 10 and he won a few of them or something, I guess like that. Now it might not be him. I hope <laughs> to me, to me, I, and I know this is not the way poker players view it because poker players have to kind of be a self-governing body in, in a sense of like who they decide to give action to and who they won't. But to me, that is like such an edge case of of cheating, honestly, if that like not even saying not we are not accusing any one individual of this. But I'm just saying to me, that's not really cheating. Um, It's definitely cheating. Uh, Is is it super egregious? No, Um, because it's really hard to win those tournaments anyways. But that's what I'm saying. But it's still I mean, it's still it's still cheating. I I think I mean, honestly. oh man this is very telling about who i am as a person but for me i'm like who who is worse the person who sees the angle and takes it or the person who sees the angle and doesn't take it because to me i i think the person who sees the angle and doesn't take it is a coward a lot of the time i don't know uh angle has a wide definition angle angle is wide i'm not saying i'm not saying you you rob someone I'm not saying I'm not saying you directly harm another person like you say yeah. you have no chance of winning in this that that I think there's a difference between angle shooting and cheating. Yeah, I, I would say this is robbing his opponents of a small amount of EV. small amount of EV. Yeah, I'd have to I'd have to I'd have to think about it more. I mean, I don't maybe, think maybe I don't it wasn't think him, but I'm pretty sure it was him. I, I think I would be too scared, uh, honestly, if I found an exploit like that. Like, think about a world. We we've talked about this before. Like, how could you cheat in DFS? And I was I I've I've thought about that. Like, if I could cheat in DFS, would I like? Let's say, um, you you log on one day and DraftKings allows you to swap like late players in, like players who have already locked. Like, oh, you can swap out Josh Jacobs because he sucked for. Uh, a guy who plays at 4 p.m. because their software messed up. Like I don't, I don't know if I could would have like, I don't think I could do it. I think I, would, I think I would be too scared. I think I would like make the swap and then the FBI would like immediately swarm my house. The, 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 the problem with that one is if like, like, um, the, I mean, this happened and I didn't take advantage of it. I think because I didn't know, not because I'm saying I'm moral or anything. But this happened last year with MMA or maybe even the beginning of this year. 
when they switched to late swap. Do you remember this? That they switched to late swap in MMA. What a yes. dumb sport to switch to late swap. I don't know who decided that. And it broke the very first day. It might have broke two or three out of four days, that four weekends that they did this before they reverted back. And you could see like all the, uh, you know, the, the opponent's players. Um, but then you could switch while the fight was still going. So like a guy gets knocked out in the first round, you just switch a bunch of people to him. And I guess a bunch of people did this, but then they, they caught him and they, they, I don't know if they refunded them or they kept the money or whatever, but those people did not get to keep their, their things. But like, morally speaking, if something like the J- Josh Jacobs situation you described happened and everyone had access to it, I don't think that is necessarily cheating. That's on that's on the operator. Yeah, it's on the operator. And you're like protecting yourself at that point. Sure. Yeah, because other people are going to do it to you. Everyone else is doing it. And if it's on Twitter and they're tagging, you know, DK Assist, everyone knows – you got to go switch your 150 and put, you know, whoever the best next plays in. Uh, otherwise, you're just going to get you're just going to get owned. You know, if they like hopefully they'd announce that they're just going to refund the slate, which is usually what happens. But, yeah, like I, I'm not sure if that one is as, as egregious as is Justin's. Well, I got a. I guess since we're on cheating, I got another one here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the collusion in best ball where. And I've always, I've always wondered this. I've never really heard anyone say this out loud, but you are sort of actually, it, it is almost a GTO to collude with your other 11 people in your draft. Like let's say a best ball mania draft. It's actually like GTO to leave Bengals players for the guy who drafts T Higgins. And it's GTO. Like, let's say you have Mahomes. You don't, you don't want to be, like the room should leave you Rashi Rice and McCole Hardman or whatever, because it's not gonna it's not gonna benefit you in the the seventeen or the four hundred and eighty person final or whatever. And you know, it's not that's not how it functions in practice because people have all these competing incentives and there's the regular season and you gotta draft players that are scoring points in the regular season anyways. Mm-hmm. But you you are actually uh it would behoove you to not to, to give your opponent, the players they want in, in certain respects, obviously you're not building out entire 18 man rosters of full stacks and bring backs and everything in week 17, but to a certain extent, you, you do actually want your opponents to get the players they want. That definitely happens. I, the, I think you said T Higgins, like that's the perfect one, right? Like if someone gets chased and then Higgins, like you, do you want Burrow anymore? I mean, you want ty- your Tyler Boyd and Burrow stack? It's going to take down three million, you know. So like that that definitely that definitely happens. Um, you know, you take and I days. think and I think it happens a lot in the battle royales, and that just feels like because it was it, you know sometimes it'll be like oh the winner got a combination that was only possible in like 0.8 percent of drafts or whatever. Mm. And that feels very hard to police. You know what I'm saying? Like, what do you like? Because I would assume you, you you probably have maybe a very cursory program that runs through, but some of it's got to be manually checked. And hmm. that just that that feels very hard to police. Yeah, just give us 
yeah, you just give each other the best. You just have three dudes under the same room and then you just get monster stacks. Yeah, like one guy, one guy reaches like slightly on his first three picks, yeah. like maybe reaches five spots on ADP, yeah. you know, and and yeah. maybe so maybe like uh let's just say in a hypothetical world, Kelsey like only ever like the latest he goes is one four, but you enter in a room with four dudes mm-hmm. and the first four dudes all pass on him. So the fifth dude gets Kelsey at five. Yeah. And so he's got the only permutation of Kelsey and whoever goes with that rap pick around right. or whatever. No. Yeah. Do you think this is uh, happening? It's gotta be happening. I would say with a hundred percent certainty it's happening. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't, I, I'm not in these streets enough to say like, I'll do them. Cause I think they're fun. I actually, Brian, I, I kind of have the bug. I've been driving to Illinois um, on Sunday mornings to go fire like 19 legs, same game parlays and, and stuff. So I, I've been doing, that's kind of been my supplemental action to DFS. Oh, 19 legs, huh? You want that big payout. I've, I've hit a couple of them. So, which really? is the most dangerous thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I hit a, I hit a 13 legger, uh, like 190 to one on Jamar chase the week he went nuts against the Cardinals and so that'll pay for the season even if i don't win another one huh how much what how much did you get on it i think 1300 bucks because it was like i used like a 10 dollar free bet or something Oh, okay okay the i did 84 battle royals last week what what were your results all on sunday using my app um just rapid firing 15 at a time before I had to start working on DFS. Do you think these are, do you think that is a beatable game? Have you, I mean, you can't, can't run, you can't run Sims on the, on the BRs. Can you? I have a huge Sim program. I call it the uh, Liam. The chess is okay. Uh, Chess Chess is okay. Version. Chess is okay. Uh, No. Yeah. I I don't do the Sim. I do. um, I'll tell you offline. (laughs) I have a theory. I'll I'll tell the people, I'll tell the people for you. Cause this is the most base level. Anyone can understand this. The entire field takes the guy who's tight end six and he goes in 90% of drafts, but the guy who's tight end nine yeah. and goes in 10% of drafts, they're projected 0.8 points different. Right. That is, that it's as simple as it gets. And and no one listening to this is even going to, they're still going to draft the tight end six. They're still going to take TJ Hawkinson. They don't care. The, it's, be, it's that anchor, that anchor bias is so strong on underdog or any of these sites that anchor to ADP is so yeah, I, I got to give the, a shout out to the badge bros. They mm-hmm. are like always winning these fucking contests on, on underdog. And they're, they're really, I mean, I can't say I consume enough their content to say a hundred percent, but my guess is, is they are not the, you know, the greatest ball knowers the world has ever seen, but probably like their, their whole thing is they say, scroll the F down, which yeah. just means like take two guys at the end of your thing who don't get drafted, take, Take right. Rashid Shahid and and Jerome Ford because they don't get drafted eighty uh, percent of the time. Right. Yep. And uh, stay out of the rooms that people are cheating. I guess. You know, I I think the or, or be in them. I you know I I so I'm thinking about it and I'm like I don't know how much of an it definitely does not give you enough edge to give up your account on Underdog. That I would say for for Best Ball Mania for Best Ball Mania for sure. I, you could tell me a colluded team drafted the first 18 players by ADP. You know, they just drafted picks one through 18 or, or one through 24, whatever it would take to to do a, 
the positional requirements. And I still don't think that team, I mean, maybe it raises your EV. Let's say your EV is, is 30 bucks. You're like a slightly winning player. Maybe it raises your EV on that team to what $45, $50, maybe, you know, like just bear, like makes, makes you a good favorite to advance out of your pod because the other teams in your pod don't have those players and your combinations are going to be unique in the elimination rounds. But there's still just so much that happens through those 17 weeks that you're still not going to win. This, this always happens with like guys who are like 18 to 23 and they don't have any money. And they're like, Oh my God, bro, bro. If we sit in the same game and blah, 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 dude, dude, we can have like 200 bucks, uh, drinking money, you know, this weekend. And they're like, dude, we should do this every fucking week. And, and then they get caught and then they get banned. And then they look in, you know, think about it further. And then they like, fuck, I actually want to play. I want to, I want to actually try to get good at this. And then they have to make a fake account. And then that account gets caught and they fuck themselves forever because they cheated for $38 in EV. And it's it's not literally, just, it's not. literally a tale as old as time. It's yeah. tale as old as time. And uh, it's just not worth it. It's just way more worth it to find an edge. And you just gave a good one. Uh, like it's way more better to scroll the F. No down. one, no one cares though. No, like no one, people still won't. My experience as long as I've been doing this, is that outside of like people who really play seasonal fantasy football or dynasty fantasy football, people don't really care about edges. They just want the answers, you know, at the end of the day. And and I find myself, by the way, when I play sports, I, I like am not super up on, like, for example, NBA is just starting right now. And I'm like, I just have a very loose idea of like rotations and who's on what teams like, I'm not making the GTO lineups in these NBA contests till I get my Ironman achievement. I'm going to establish the run.com and looking at the top plays and clicking in the top plays and waiting for, and I'm, I should know better (laughs) doing this. I've been doing this my entire adult life and I'm still not, I'm still just going to play the best plays more or less. I mean, I totally agree with that. But like I say, it's really like that 1% of people that's the problem because then they go crazy. They play all the games. They get really good and they take all the money. And so like, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Like the risk is never 95% of everyday Joe's becoming you to cows, right? The, the, right. The risk is, you know, 1% of just kind of smart people who have a passive interest in it, get a really strong interest and then figure out these edges and then shrink your edge to like less than the variance of the rake. And you don't want to play, which is like kind of close to DFS right now, you know, like depending on your perspective or maybe Dude, DFS I have now. been seeing, I have been seeing some crazy stuff in showdown, like to the point where I'm like, I love showdown and I love the theory involved, but it is just a solved ass game. Like the other night, Quentin Morris, the bills backup tight end, I've actually had this happen to me. I've been I've been one v one the nuts three times <laughs> in the, in the last month, and it's always been a spot where that I consciously avoided. Where I was like, oh, I just I just like I'm not I'm I actually think the field is wrong about that, and then the field ends up with a sixty eight way chop for first that I consciously avoided. Um, and one of them was Deontay Hardy versus Quentin Morris, where I was like, Hardy is so clearly the play at this salary. And the field's like, nope, 
bang, guy who's got not gotten a target all season, 10%. Got to jam him in. And they got Hardy there. or Morris? Morris? So Hardy scored. Hardy, Hardy was 28% on, if I remember correctly. But he was more expensive. But he was more expensive. So it led you into a different, if you include, if yeah. you, so like the the thing that I'm doing right now with the Sims to to make my stance is I'm just altering the projections a little bit. I just am making the projections what I think is more accurate. Mm-hmm. So my Sims will be a little bit different than the field I'm competing against. And my overall exposures will be a little bit different. And you'll, you'll enjoy this. Everyone loves a good bad beat. My 1v1 loss the other night was on the Saints slate. The 1v1 was Michael Thomas versus Taysom Hill. I altered my pool to get less Michael Thomas and more Taysom Hill. I moved Taysom's projection up, moved Michael Thomas's down. And just the, the Sims gave me the wrong, not the wrong hey, lineup, the, the lineup Taysom I asked for. Didn't he? Taysom was in the winner. The 1v1 was my best lineup was a Michael Thomas lineup, not a Taysom so Hill lineup. You need lineup. to move Taysom up even more. I needed to move Taysom up even more and Michael Thomas down even more. Yeah, and that's not even a bad strategy. Like, I I don't think that most people can can make projections better than ETR or whoever. I just I I I refuse to believe that. So that's not even that's not even what I'm saying. I'm not even saying my projections are better. Their median projections probably are better. Uh-huh. But what I'm saying is I'm saying the way I envision this game playing out with my ball knowledge, yeah. I think these projections are wrong because. Actually, it would behoove this team to play two tight end more. The Vikings game, great example. I moved Josh Oliver way up from his median projection and moved Brandon Powell down. Not two balls, zero yards. Well, he got a target on the first play of the game, so I'm going <laughs> to count that. I'm going to count that as one for the ball. No, I, sure, I had him. Yeah, yeah but you, you misunderstood me. Like I was just saying, like just generally speaking, I don't think people can become petty theft, right? I just don't think it's in the cards for most people. But – if you are going to make some lineups, you really have no choice but to try to act like you know ball and use your experience and change that shit. And then, you know, I mean, you're probably not 150ing, right? Or are you? I don't even know. I no, I am. I am not the not the not the big one though. I do uh I do the minimax, the mini max, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well 150 either way. Um yeah, change that. Change that shit on a on a slate where I have when I think there's like a real edge. I will I'll do like twenty in the the bigger ones, and then I'll I'll max like everything beneath five bucks. I would have said three years ago, don't change it. Like something like maybe four years ago, because no no one was paying, not enough people were paying the subs. You know, for everyone's paying the subs now. Now everyone's paying the subs, or they get it probably some way or another, or they're some site copies their numbers then post them as their own you know um so like everyone's got the numbers and then then people have sims their own sims there's brain players like you just you can't just you can't just like run an opto with a little randomness and a couple rules and just expect to to win anything like change change those unless unless you know unless you know all the right plays if you know all the right plays, you'll have all the money I mean, the there are there are people I thought who would never embrace the Sims who are messing like Big T doing Sim type stuff. I'm like, <laughs> I would have I would have guessed Tony would have never in his life been like, yeah, sure, whatever, let's run the Sims. But I think I think it's indicative of how powerful it is, and like it's not it's it's not um no one 
I would say 10% of people who are using them even understand what they're doing with it. So it just remains kind of like this enigma, like, oh, I type these things in the box and then it gives me the lineups and sometimes I win. I bet, I bet a bunch of them are like, I know to click these buttons in this order, but I don't know what's going on in the back end. It's got to yeah. be a large portion of those people. So what are we, I mean, what are we going to do next, dude? Like, are we going to, are we going to start gambling on the ponies? I did, I did that this weekend too. We, we played cards and then we went to the, went to the ponies. That was, uh, this, this will be, a, you'll enjoy this. So I'm, I've never done on track horse racing before and I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm just, you know, I'm clicking trifectas. I'm doing, you know, I'm just at the monitor. I got no clue, dude. I am just clicking buttons. And I realized that I was betting not at the track I was at. I was betting on races <laughs> in in Charlotte. What is it? North Carolina, South Carolina, one of the Carolinas. And I won a trifecta at a track I didn't even mean to, to bet at. I'm going to go check my tickets. And I the lady starts handing me all this cash. And I'm like, well, I thought these were all losers, honestly. Luckily, you checked your tickets. Yeah, I mean, because I, I didn't even know what I was watching. I like when we were literally watching the horses. I'm like, dude, I I was shook. I that is an area of gambling I got nothing at. Oh, the, the old the old school gamblers who know the ponies and the greyhound. That is not me. I got I got nothing there. Oh, I've gone a bunch of times. I I I, I if I would have went with you, I would have showed you the ropes. But yeah, that's... what is the what is that? I mean, there can't possibly be a quantifiable edge in horse racing. There there is for like uh like there's horse racing syndicates that have won across the world. But like I think I, I looked into it years and years ago. But I think in um I think in America you have to get like a rebate uh like some people can get rebate accounts where they get like rake back essentially uh and i think like that's the way when i used to play poker at the casinos i was mainly an online guy but i would play at the casinos too he told me another guy I played with like another regular uh that that they cheat they uh they hold the horses back and then and then tell their buddy when to bet big and then they let them loose um and the issue with Illinois, so they they closed down Hawthorne, the big one here. Um, there's one. There's one. Um, when I go drive, I go drive across the river. Uh, I see, I see a horse racing track I could go to whenever. Yeah, maybe down south, but uh, yeah, up here they closed because uh, the the Bears bought it. So, uh, which is too bad because that's the one I like going to Arlington. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I think Hawthorne's closed too. But the problem the problem was that it was it got too connected. It wasn't like a company anymore. It became too connected with the state, and so the taxes on your the vig was so high because of the taxes. It's like twenty seven percent or like it's thirty three percent. It's something ridiculous. Like you can't beat it, even if you like you learn all these horses and get you know there there's there's like a bunch of old school horse racing analytics books, uh, you know to try to like estimate how fast they'll run in different yeah i'd uh, love to i'd love to i'd love to see the the horse racing analytics the turf book and so i had one from when i was younger when i was a kid i was into it a little bit but like um it's just the rake's too high you can't beat it and it's also paramutual right uh paramutual betting yeah the the odds are based on what other people are betting yeah so like if you if it's seven to one when you place it it doesn't mean you locked in seven to one like you did on a rory mcelroy right master's bet or whatever it's it's uh it it changes based on 
how much everyone bets. And then whatever the odds are at the end, the very last second is what you actually get. So like, there's no closing line value, which sucks. And, um, and, and then they're also like a big union. And once the union's kind of like a government union, you know, more than a, like a private sector union that works like a construction company or something, then they become essentially government employees. And then they're, they, you know, they're getting paid uh, or usually the pays and highs, the pensions that they, they negotiate on, and then they can't afford it. And the whole thing goes under. And that's what happened here in Illinois. Cause it's, which is a shame because it used to be a pretty awesome American pastime that people would go do. And they're fun. You know, they're beautiful. More, animals. more gambling, more, more, uh, more gambling for entertainment. Sure. sure. I'm sure a lot of kids had really happy childhoods at, uh, at these racetracks with their cigar smoking <laughs> See, you're dads. Perpetuating this myth that gambling addiction is super high. If you just type into Google gambling addiction, addiction rates, they are not high at all. Everyone I know is addicted to gambling. <laughs> Everyone so, I know is- so, so on my, based on a sample of my life, ev- like literally every man I know under the age of 70 is, is addicted to gambling. So you think I'm addicted to gambling? Easily. Yes, for <laughs> sure. For sure. You are addicted to gambling. And so am I. Why? Because I've gambled for a living for the most of my adult life. Yeah. Like, like literally, like. If someone were to say, Davis, you are a gambling addict, I would say absolutely. Like, no, like, there's no reason for me to be wagering hundreds of thousands of dollars on sports a year, but I still do it. Well, according to the studies, which you can go look at, it's really, it's not high at all. It's like between 0.8% and like 2% in England. I would be America. very curious to see the change in those numbers over the last five years. Well, I'd be very curious because it used to be, hard to gamble like i would tell people about offshore stuff and they'd be like dude i'm not doing that like i'm not i'm not buying bitcoin to go deposit on an offshore sports book yeah have fun staying poor buddy who didn't do that <laughs> um but i i get your point and that's true i'd like to see the numbers in, in america but gambling in your in england's been around for 100 200 years and regulated uh so like yeah they do rates- things very they do things very gambling is very different there not really i mean they got some aggressive marketing and online gambling there's a there's been a rash of um young men who play in the premier league getting gambling suspensions like like men like sandra tonali and uh uh, they gotta get rid of that they gotta let these guys gamble and do roids no but they're they're these dudes are betting on their own they're betting against their teams Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, that is, you can't, you cannot have that. That, that leads to a fine one rule. You can't bet against your other team, but everything else, let them have at it. I mean, sure. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Whatever. But anyways, I... according to these studies, it's not that high and it's like commiserate with like kleptomania rates and stuff, but you don't see any regulations on shoplifting. And like you can't be twenty one well, no, to you, go. You literally, buy a you literally do. It's literally illegal to shoplift. So. <laughs> not anymore, Dave. It's not in Chicago. <laughs> oh um, my god! <laughs> All right, we've reached we've reached peak Fox News. It's probably about time for us to get out of here. Once once yeah. Tucker Carlson joins the program, um, what's uh what's new on uh, on Brick seventy five dot com? Battle Royale, I guess. If uh, I still got the app, it works. Uh, and. Uh, underdog battle royals and not just the best ball stuff during the off season it works pretty good i mean, i use it every every sunday i think that's it um 
Oh, I was thinking about doing ownership, NFL ownership. You, you think you'll be you think you'll be better than Cody? I'll t- okay. When we go offline, I'll ask. I'll tell you my theory. Okay. All right. Uh, maybe maybe the people will get that on uh, on the paid feed. Maybe we'll do uh, Israel Palestine on the paid feed later too. I know <laughs> okay, that's okay. We, we can do it if you want. <laughs> no. Okay. No, I do not want to do that. <laughs> I I am I'm comfortable presenting myself uh, as an expert on almost anything in the world, but once you get to Israel and Palestine, yeah. I'm like, buddy, can look somewhere no. else. That is not me. Um. Yeah. All right, guys. That's crazy. We are we are gonna get out of here. I will. Uh, I'll see you guys back next week. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor.